2: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
3: You're listening to After Normal,
1: broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin. setting no soundtracks.
4: Yes, dear listeners, that noise you can hear, that huffing and puffing, the sound of smoke billowing through rural English tunnels. That is the sound of the Rowett train running. And joining me to discuss the uh, the, the, uh, the the terminus of of the railway train service is our station master himself, our ticket collector. It's Mr. Michael Avery. Welcome back to the show, Michael. How are you doing, mate?
1: Yeah, good afternoon, listeners. Good afternoon, Nicky. Um, you talk about trains there. It, um, Anything to do with Gary Rowe, it reminds me of Casey Jr., the train from Dumbo, which was the circus train um, <laughs> with all the clowns running around on it. But yeah, it seems, seems to have got it more of a Euro star now, doesn't it? So well it done, does. Gary.
4: Yeah, um, we're speaking, obviously, listeners, in the aftermath of last night's excellent 2-1 win up there at Pride Park or whatever the sponsored name, if they still have a sponsor. I don't know. They're in financial deep trouble. Um, pride park derby 2-1 win over wayne rooney's rams michael that was one of the better better away wins in in, in gary Rowett's tenure and i'm starting to be reminded that every time we have a really decent away win and i'm thinking back to forest there's a consequent world shattering event to um, take away the, the taste we had pandemic in the aftermath of that win at forest and now today we have russian invasion of ukraine i think there's a there's a kind of a a grand conspiracy to deny us a yeah. promotion playoff run. But that was that was some win last night. I thought it was a really, really well-executed three points up there. How did you see it, mate? Do
1: you know what? To a point, and I'm going to sound like I'm going to contradict myself here a bit, but I saw some of the comments online from some people um, at the start of the second half saying about how we seem to be a bit leakier at the back and, um, you know, some of, them are, some of the derby players are making their way through with ease. But... I think that's probably compared to how Gary Rowett teams have been in the past. I think that's probably as close to as a faultless performance you will get. I really do. I think that first half we were clearly the better team. I mean, I went into the game thinking it would be a one-all or a one-nil, like cheeky smash and grab. But I thought we was excellent the first half. I don't think they could touch us. Um, I thought defensively, yes, when they did get through us, um, Bart was doing his usual. We take his grant, he saves for granted. Uh, some of those saves he was just excellent with. And yes, they did get for us a few times, but I think there was more times that Sean Hutchinson was rock solid than there was when people got past him. I thought Murray Wallace again showed why he, he's he got to be um, at least considered for player of the season. Um, I mean, before the Jed issues, it was now gone to be Jed, wasn't it? But I think mm. Murray deserves a shout out as well. I felt, I just think everyone played really well. Tyler Bury, Mason Bennett, class. A re- really good performance for me. Really, really good.
4: Yeah, I mean, obviously a rip-roaring start, that free kick from Jed inside the, I think it was bang on the the, the first minute as it as it turned into the second minute, so to speak, um, and that was just one of those awkward free kicks, uh, bounced in front of the goalkeeper from the, the left side, but it was whipped in at some pace, and if you deliver a well-placed ball like that, I mean, nine times out of ten, the goalkeeper will save it, the defence will clear it, but there's always that one chance out of ten, as we saw last night, where... It hits the deck in front of the goalkeeper, and bounces um, straight past him, and what a start! I mean, that that really put us on the um, on on the right road, didn't it? That that, that quick early goal—it's something we haven't seen. I was trying to think last time we, we scored early. Actually, I can't remember off off the top of my head, but that was a wonderful start last night.
1: Yeah, you couldn't ask for any more. And and the thing is, as well with Jed, we always sound like we have broken records with him, um, but. We, we we said about people questioning whether his passion, you know, someone mentioned online and he replied to it about whether, you know, mm. he should be playing because of injuries and all that kind of thing. But you just saw just how much that goal meant to him, how much celebrating in front of the fans meant to him. And he, Jed, Jed Wallace fully fit, just shows how important he is, he is to Mill Football Club, in my opinion, because I know there was that period when he was out. And, and we said it ourselves, Nick, and, and without trying to be horrible to you here, I remember you saying about do we miss Jed if he was to go in this window. Mm. But I even think how well we played last night. Jed was standout still. He was comfortable on the ball. He was whipping the ball in well. Like you said, he got the goal. I remember there was one time I put it in our chat, wasn't there, that I think Millwall, were like, we, there was a bit of a mix-up at the back where we gave away a corner. He ran over and he was shouting at the defence and the goalkeepers have kind of like pulled their fingers out a bit. So, he, he he's a he's a great player. he He really is Jed Wallace. It was a great goal and, and like you say, he we were just straight out the blocks we, we was like greyhounds. as soon as those traps were open, we were there. we wanted the win. and considering there's a lot of rumors going around, you know, in the sense that the season's over, yeah. there's nothing left to play for. We didn't play we didn't play like a side where the season was over, did we?
4: No, we looked really hungry, and we set up with um what is as close to an open style, I suppose, or a counter punching style, some might call it. Um, but by Gary Rowett standards, that was that was a good open, certainly in the first half, a good open display of the kind of football that I want to see. Um, you know, we, we've made the, the point on previous shows about the, um, the the lack of entertainment. And I think that's that's, that's a fair point for supporters to complain about. Um, it is the reason that we, we go to watch football. Fundamentally, you're going there as a, as a diversion from everyday life and. You know, Last night, you got to take your hat off to, to that side because that was, however he stumbled upon that front three, uh, injuries obviously have taken away key players, but suddenly we've got now Tyler Bury, uh, Mason Bennett and Jed Wallace is our, at the moment, first choice front three, and that's pace, yeah. mo- movement and creativity. And yeah, okay, you know, circumstances might have forced it upon us, Michael, but that's, that's some front free. I really like the look of Bury and Jed, you know, we uh, there's a statistic. I just picked it up here from Second Tier Podcast. I don't know where they've got the info from, but we'll take it as as, um, as kosher. Um, number one of this list of, of cha- a chance created every 31 minutes um, by Jed Wallace. Next is John Swift on 32 and Harry Wilson on 36. So basically a major, major contributor to this mill side that has struggled at times this season. Um, but alongside Tyler and Mason Bennett, who I really liked last night, um, and and for last, um, you know, have have I a mean, three games on the spin that we've won there, Michael. And well, that's that's some creative front line. And it's been a while since we've been in a position to say that, hasn't it? It's, I, I take my hat off to them.
1: Yeah, and I think as well with Mason Bennett, when when we all signed him, obviously he was a bit of under a cloud of what happened in his um, off the field antics, if you will. And it obviously hadn't gone right for him where he was. But I think, again, I'm going to sound a bit silly here, but I I didn't follow much of Mason Bennett as a player before. But you obviously hear of his potential, how good he could be. I think he's living up to all of his potential that was promised. I think he has been absolutely outstanding. And he's proved he can stay fit for a run of games. I don't know how you do it, because... I think it was either Ryan or Mike Hayden or someone on the last show said you just wrap him in cotton wool and make sure he doesn't get injured in training. But yeah. it goes to show you 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 treat him properly like training wise and health wise and he doesn't get injured. What a player he is! What a player he is! And I think that it, it, yes, Jed has been outstanding when he's come back in and you know last night he looked great. But as you say, them. Mason bennett i mean how long's left on his contract did he sign 18 months with us originally or uh, I'd or have to check
4: can't, can't remember but yeah but
1: um. it, i mean if if his contract isn't up at the end of the season brilliant if it is i'd sit him down there and start sorting out maybe a, a two three-year deal because he's obviously got some years in front of him he's proved yes there's still that gray area with his fitness but if you keep him fit he's such a valuable asset and he clearly he clearly he clear, he loves to club. Clearly, loves playing for this team. You see, every time he scores, he's like a kid who scores in a school game. Um, you know, on the playground, he's he's absolutely buzzing when he scores. So, I'd, I'd time down for longer.
4: Yeah, well, if possible. I mean, Jed obviously did that imitation of the Mason Bennett dance. Now that's becoming rapidly becoming an iconic goal celebration. It's like a Kate Walk type dance in front of the fans. He did that for the opening goal. Um, the power that Mason showed for the run into the box. Is exactly what we've been missing. A power run from slightly deep but straight into the penalty area, and then the ball back across the uh, the face of the goal and it fell eventually after being blocked to 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 Tyler Bury, who buried it. Bury buried it um for two And I thought at that point, I mean there's actually previous chances to that, Michael. We were we were creating chances pretty much as, every time we were going forwards. And you know, that's that's quite something. Um you can you can argue, I mean, I'm just looking through my notes from last night that when Derby had the ball, they more in the second half, perhaps, but certainly in the first half, they they seemed to have players that were you know that, that could be dangerous, but they didn't create any direct danger. Shots such as they had were over the bar or wide. They weren't really forcing much out of Bart, and mm. you know that's 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 a tribute, I think, to the defence. So I don't know about you, I don't know about most Millwall fans or listeners to the show, but I don't mind defensive football if it's balanced with a lethal attack. And suddenly, from out of um, a most unexpected development in the season, given that it's not long since we lost four on the spin, we're now winning, suddenly we seem to have that balance of good good defence balanced with uh, an attack that looks very, very lively going forwards. It's the winning combination. And form is transformed overnight almost, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and you say that, and a moment that instantly came to my mind as you were talking, and it was... I think it was either a corner or three kick. It was definitely a derby attack, obviously, but we sort of won the ball and just done the, the classic counter attack, not even a hoof and chase. It was like one pass out, two pass out, out wide, cut back inside. And you're thinking we've gone from having the ball on the edge of our 18 yard box, three good passes and not hit and hope, but three good passes. We're now on the edge of their penalty box. And then I think that was when I think it was Jed cut it in. It wasn't the best of crosses in anyway. But like you say, it was good defending. Which led to a very fast-paced, quick attack. Which yeah. you know, if you hit, a, if you hit a pass in the cheaper side, it's 3 0 even more game over. But yeah, I, I yeah, I know we said to start of the show. It was just a very entertaining game, and and yeah. no, normally Merwald games on the red button. They um, they're not the greatest are they for camera quality and commentary? But um, I just thought we was excellent. Did you did you watch it on the red button, Nick? Or was no, I, I watch. I, I, I
4: won't touch the red button. I, I watched one game. When that service first began, I can't remember. I think it was Sheffield Wednesday, and I might as well probably have probably
1: Sheffield watching. Wednesday. That's the one
4: everyone watched, wasn't it? Yeah, and I, I thought for the want of a tenner, I was just paying watch it on iFollow, where you got sharp images, um, four cameras, I think, and, and, max. and you know, and billion max, and so proper commentary. Um, no, I, mm. I, I don't, I don't touch it. Um, so I don't know what it was like last night. I watched it on iFollow, plugged into the telly. Mm. Um, there, there was
1: one bit. Um, there was one bit an hour in, and even a. Uh, even my wife commented on it when, when we were watching it. She, uh, they said uh, that Millwall was singing No One Likes Us and you could hear it on the red button. And you heard the commentator say, oh, well, I'm not sure that's the case anymore of all the charity and community work they do and this work and that work. And I'm thinking, Sky, giving us, giving us, a, giving us a thumbs up but in a positive way. There's got to be something wrong. It, it, that that fellow will probably never commentate on the Millwall game again.
4: No, no. The, the, the epoch is changing generally everywhere you look at the moment and even Sky... I've got, I've got a soft spot suddenly for me. Yeah, as I say, they will probably get rid of him, out him completely. Um, 2-0 at half time. I mean, my my I I noted that it was a good open game, great start. Um, Derby, but I thought Derby weren't done yet, and so it was for the second half, where um, you know, fair play to to Derby, um uh, well, Wayne Rooney. Um, they changed it at half time. They really came at us in the second half, and it was a bit of a you know, um, a rooks drift Alamo type um, sense in a uh, situation in the second half. But I thought we did very well to keep them at bay. Because again, despite that sense of impending um, doom that you get when um, we were defending, they, they didn't get anything really directly in front of goal, Michael, which again is a tribute to the midfield and defence for me.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and like we said, in the times they did go through, Bart was solid, wasn't he? He, yeah. he he didn't he didn't make a mistake he didn't put a foot wrong all night really in my opinion I thought he was very good but um but like you say with Derby it, it's one of those things where yes financially they're banging trouble aren't they and I I think technically haven't they still got yeah. four or five days to prove they can be in business till the end of the season because they're, they're deeply
4: deeply in it and I I mean both yeah. in terms of the table the twenty one point penalty has has uh, punished them um in in a way it's probably intended because i think they look like about eight or nine points on looks at the sable recording yeah. this listeners mm-hmm. which is not very professional i should have done but um i know they're, they're about eight adrift below reading and won the other night didn't they um so yeah i mean they're, they're looking at league one football next season who knows what deal can be done with um you know to, to sort their, their 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 financial situation it's gonna to have to be a good one um yeah. because they, you can see them doing another tumble like like Bolton have tumbled and other, other clubs have tumbled and um yeah. Portsmouth and the like, you know. So um yeah, if I mean I think I,
1: with I think with the state Derby are in, I think if you was a fan and you did survive this, I think you'd be like, you know, you know when basically you had those two days where Bolton and Berry were basically gonna go out of business like yeah, in the space yeah. of forty eight, seventy two hours. And I think Bolton went down to League Two, and the sort of even though they 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 was down in League Two, they're in League One now, obviously. But they were very much. We're just lucky to be alive because look at Berry. you know. Um, well, I think, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I I don't know any Derby fans, um. <laughs> so I I am but I'm just presuming if I was in their situation, and we went down to League One, and like even if some someone like my even Mike Ashley came in and, and put some money in to keep it afloat, you, you, the situation they're in now, you'd think. At least we've got a football club, because there, there was um there was an article on BBC. I'm not sure if it was BBC's way of trying to pull some heartstrings or wherever it was, but and and I know it's not unique to Derby. Don't get me wrong, but they uh, they interviewed the local area, like local pubs and fish shops mm. and all that, and basically the turnover of revenue to the local area is ridiculous. If it like on match days, um, oh, and yeah, again I know yeah, it's not yeah. just the Derby, yeah. but there are so many there are so many. People who are like, if Derby go under, we go under. It's 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 not it's not like London-based football teams where you know if there's no game on, you still might get someone just do a bit of sightseeing because, I mean, you you've been to what's the name say, the Pride Park? There's nothing yeah. there. I know there's like I no, know there's no, like no, that no. little outlet, but there's nothing there, is there? Really? No,
4: it's um, it's like a lot of small town England. Really, there's you know, take away the football, the football club, and you're right. I mean, it, it's a it's a life sustaining false for that particular town. I mean, Derby is one of them, and um, there are numerous others. As you look, I mean, Bolton's probably a, a another great example. Because take that, take away the football club, and who will ever think about Bolton? You, you wouldn't. You know, it's it's a harsh judgment. Which which London has the eternal advantage that you know you're in the midst of a, of this kind of pulsating city. So, um, no, I I, I think the other thing I, I just wanted to say. Um, before we close on the game, because obviously it was a late um the late um, one goal that gave us the, the classic mill nervous last few minutes. Um the own goal from Jake, which is very unlucky in my opinion, um, to close the game two-one. But the I mean there's a debate online, Michael, about Jed's worth to the team, which is evident from the, the performance last night that we saw, and the fact that his contract expires at the end of the season. We don't know what um what moves uh, may or may not be afoot to, to try to tempt Jed to stay? I mean, he's, he's been pretty open and I respect this, this viewpoint. He wants, um, late in his career, he wants the chance to play at the top level Premier League football if it can be achieved. Um, now, that's something we don't know how that will pan out. We don't know what offers might or might not be on, on his table and whether other clubs will be headed upwards and, and would want him. Um, but uh, there was just following a little debate online before we started recording about people saying we should be throwing um, like a bonus at him, a, a, a million two million pound bonus at him and uh, you know multiplying his wage. Um, so it's it's you know it's worth his while to stay. I mean firstly, I, what I'd say to that is I don't know that necessarily in fairness to Jed, I mean everyone's got to earn a living and he' he's got to do the best that he can for for himself. Um, but I don't know. It's necessarily just a money thing for him. I think it is also the professional desire to prove himself at the at the highest level. Um, but also the other side to the coin is if we if we Millwall if we did do that, then you bust your highly um, valuable wage structure wide apart. So you then then create a situation where other players would want similar deals. So. And that's what's led many, many clubs. That chasing of the dream um, syndrome is done for clubs from Bradford to to Bolton to, to to Derby to, you know, others, loads of them out there. So I think you've got to be a bit careful. It's, it's very tempting to want your your your, your crown jewels to remain, um, but not at every cost, because um, fundamentally we all want Millwall Football Club to continue, don't we? Well, I, I believe we should anyway. I don't, I think if you if you put that in jeopardy, then you'll finish up with no no football club at all at some point potentially. So you got to be a bit careful what you wish for on that front. How do you, how do you see the, those kinds of debates?
1: I I agree. We should try our hardest um, to keep hold of him. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But as you say, within our means, because you can if you just look at a. I mean, apologies to anyone who's a Pompey fan and listening, or if any of the of Milan Mandovich or any of those might think I might listen to Acton Mill this week. But it wasn't so long ago. In a, <laughs> yeah, it might do. You know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I listen to this one. Um, it wasn't so long ago that you had, you know, Peter Crouch, Jermaine Defoe, Lassana Diara, Sol Campbell. The list goes on of players who play for Portsmouth. Um, and now look at them, because they couldn't afford their wage structure. They They certainly get more than we do. Um, I, I, I can't. That's one thing we've always said about John Berkelson, um, in the sense that he's sensible with his money, and one thing we've always praised John Berylson about being sensible with money. To say to give a player X amount of bonuses more um, and wages more and blow wage structures out the window just to keep a player who, if we are led to believe already half has his head turned, isn't the best move for me. And like you say with Jed, he seems very open, very honest. He's been at the club a long time now. When other offers have come in, so it's he, he, not purely just about the money. But if you was to join a team in the Premier League, as, as we were just saying there, you'd be playing at Old Trafford. You'd be playing at like even even St yeah. James's Park, 60,000 people, the Emirates, the Etihad. You name these stadiums. It's not just about the money. And I think well, Aaron's literally just joined our call now. I was gonna I'll, I'll let you do the honic, but he he he's the man to talk to when it talks about these things about structures and. Should we do this? Should we do that? Ask, Who are you
4: talking me. about? Talking about Jed Aaron. i um, um, just a little debate. I mean, obviously, we talked, we, we discussed the game last night and his contribution mm-hmm. to it, and he's and he's he's, he's kind of um, his position in the in the club. I mean, he's clearly coming towards the end of a contract at the end of this season, and yeah. there was a, a, a debate that I followed online about whether um, we should really bust the bank to to try to get him to to be tempted to stay. And, you know, at the end of the day, Jed Wallace has is, is, is got to do the best he can financially for his family. But I just get a sense with Jed that he wants to professionally test himself against the very best, which means Premier League football. So I don't know that it's, it's not just the money, if that makes any sense, though I'm not naive mm-hmm. to think the money isn't the factor. It's ambition, um, isn't it? Ambition and desire to test yourself against the best defenders and, and so on. So we're just debating the wisdom of of such an offer, whether Millwall would be wise to really well, effectively blow its own wage structure wide apart, because you you, you can create a, a rod for your own back, and we've seen other clubs um, pay the pay the costs of that. And we're thinking of Derby, we're thinking of uh, the likes of Bolton and and all the others that have, that have kind of carried that weight. Um, so as great a player and as great a contribution as Jed made to us last night, I'm not sure that it should be. We should make a balanced effort to keep him without going over the top.
5: Yeah, uh, I agree with you about the balanced effort. I think there's got to be a, a longer term plan here. And again, as I say from last week, I don't think the club have given up hope on on Jed staying. Um, yeah. You know, he, he's I've, I've sort of been very fortunate to to speak to him quite often on a weekly basis. And he's always reiterated his love for the club. You know, there, there's just something about Jeb Wallace. He loves Millwall Football Club. Really, really, really does. He, he's buzzing when they win. He's deflated to fuck when they lose, believe me. Mm. Like, really is. Very emotive character. Um, and Um And he just loves the place. But at his age, he knows he hasn't got many chances left to play Premier League football. And he wants to play Premier League football. However, he's always said to me, he wants to play Premier League football with Millwall. Now, Jed isn't going to get a move to a team that is, um, you know, flying in the Premier League. You look at the money that Aston Villa have spent and the names they've brought in. You look at West Ham, the way they're doing things. You you just look at clubs out there and the way they're, they're operating. It's going to be a club that are getting promoted or are going to be challenging for promotion next year. Yeah. Um, should Millwall break the bank to keep him? I don't think it's money, Nick.
4: I don't think, I really don't. No, think I, 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 I don't get Yeah, that's what we were just it. saying.
2: You because, know, I mean, I, you
4: know, just watching his celebrations last night, I mean, you're right. I think he does love it at the den, Jed. Um, his contribution doesn't you know over the years since he's been here has been immense he's our he's our talismanic creative Mm. attacking player and i think he i think anyone if you take a step back from from the the uh, the Millwall situation you know he he deserves a chance to to pit himself at the top level i think you're right about it It won't be an established premier league side that comes in for him i think you know i'm trying to think of an example I don't know. It's going to be. It's going to be probably the playoff play, uh, team that goes up that will be more the, the the shout on that. But I still, I couldn't begrudge him his chance to to test himself at that level. I just think you know he's got nothing to prove to Millwall fans now. And I think yeah. last night's performance reinforces that. That uh, you know it, it, was, it was instrumental in, in in that excellent win.
2: Ready to pop the question.
1: Achtung, Mailball.
0: Hello Nick, Tony Mundy. Another good win tonight. Three on the spin. Um, And yeah, it's just sort of clicked. I think this is what we've probably been trying to achieve all along with this system. Um, And obviously the players we've had, it's not happened. I know And other times we have put the extra midfielder in and we have went defensive like at Blackpool. But. We're definitely not that now we're playing this sort of three four three uh and i know it becomes five two three but it's three four three in the main and the, i mean the back three have just they just like a rev- they've just become um got all their confidence back from a couple of years ago and they they look like they can't be beaten um i know it was a freak goal tonight um the Cardiff goal was like literally what was it ninety fourth minute or something um and we just look we just look so assured at the back. And uh, the midfield too, I mean, Mitchell, I've been a bit critical of him the last couple of months, but I've I've noticed the last couple of games, he's stepping out of the midfield and winning the ball really high up the field, and then we're setting these breaks away. And the front three, they look unstoppable. I mean, you wouldn't want to defend against them, would you? Because they're not, whereas we had a phobia as a focal point, we haven't got that now. We've literally got three of them, buzzing all over the front line and almost impossible to pick up, um, especially with the pace of them. I thought we controlled the whole game, even though we didn't have the ball. They had the ball, but they couldn't do anything with it. We were just so good and uh, we're enjoying the football again. I think that's what we've been aiming for, for the fans anyway, for for ages. Um, The results are coming, but I don't think the results would matter too much if they see what we're doing and we see the effort we're putting in. I think... If it was nil-nil last time, I think we'd come out and probably score two or three goals in the second half today. Uh, I think we was that much in control. We broke away four or five, six times in the second half anyway. We, we could have made more, but, but, uh, but we didn't. But there we go, 2-1, but I thought it was a better than a 2-1 win, if I'm honest. And uh, I'll be honest, I fanciest to turn Sheffield over on a Saturday. Well, in this form, who knows? But uh, I'll leave it there, Nick. Cheers, mate. mate. Bye.
1: Achtung,
4: We made a joke at the start of the um of the show about the the Rowett train is finally rolling. I mean, is it too late? Do you think, Aaron? I mean, it's... no, not at all, not at all. And I
5: think that the return of the um the head of recruitment shows Alex. that, yeah, yeah, shows that the management structure won't be changing anytime soon. Um, when I spoke to Gary Wright last week, he was all, he said, "I'm always nervous when John Barrison comes to the country because he don't know what's going to happen." <laughs> But let me tell you that everyone at the club backs the gaffer, everyone at the club backs the project. I think, yes, his hand has been forced because of injuries and he's had to change the way, the, the style that, in, in which the team plays. He's had to change things up with Mason Bennett playing in a very attacking role and he's coming to let's hope he can retain some fitness and, and keep doing what he's doing. But, you know, again... I hate saying this because I say it every year. It's gonna be a big summer, boys. It's gonna be mm-hmm. a big summer. Mm-hmm. Camille will contend with with clubs. They're already spending, you know, a good amount of money in terms of budget in the champ in the championship. You know, the the wage budget is consistently going up. They sh- they're trying to show ambition in what is a, a difficult market. The problem we have here is that, you know, we haven't got the the eyes and ears on the ground that some of the other clubs do yeah. in terms of picking up players here and there and grabbing a bargain and 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 doing bits and pieces. It's always going to be difficult, but I I really think that the club's going to back Gary Rowett now because arguably, who else are you going and getting out there? Who that you know when you sit there and look around at the other managers. You know, are you going to go out and get a progressive forward-thinking manager? Who would you get? Luke Garrod from Boreham Wood, maybe? You know, but that's a massive risk. You go out and get... You're stuck because you go out and get a progressive forward-thinking manager. They want to budget. They want to reshape the squad in the way that they want to do things. And then it could come eight months down the line that you are bottom or in those relegation places with a squad full of players that someone else has brought in and you've got to bring someone in to try and fix it.
1: Yeah, and the no, is as well. Just, just to on touch, on. just to touch on yeah. that, Aaron. Funny thing, you say that. I was, you and Ryan, or Ryan and someone else, a few weeks ago, was saying about the Swansea manager. Was it Russell Martin? Yeah.
5: Mm.
1: What, what a great job he was doing, and like Ryan was saying about of course, the level of football Swansea are playing and the standard. I saw a article, I think it was on BBC or Sky the other day. Like, some of the fans in his head. So like you say, it, foot, football's such a, and we all know it anyway, but football's such a fickle game, you know, like, mm-hmm. Rowit's gone from, Rowett out, steal out of Ron, will all drive you back up to Stoke or Birmingham or Derby, which have one of the three clubs you, you've been at and want to go back to. To, so, like you say, Nick, the, the, the train's now rolling again, Are the playoffs back on, and, and Russell Martin, who was like the saviour of Swansea City, is now on his, seemingly looks like him, not on his way out exactly, but people are asking questions of him, so... When, yeah, it is. It my, is Michael, a big summer,
5: Michael Millwall, twelfth in the league. When you look at the recruitment, when you look at everything, and and factor everything in, is that not a fair position?
1: Oh, absolutely. No, I agree. I I, I, I totally agree with you there because we've look who's like, like, like we've said before, it's it's budgets. We, we 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 don't have big budgets. We don't have big wage structures. And and as I think you said it before, Aaron, when was the last time Gary Row had a fully fully fit side to choose from? You know, when every single player's
4: available. When was it? Yeah, you know? it's it's been well, a while. I think a while. Look <laughs> at
5: West <laughs> above him. Look at West Well, I was just going to say
4: West Brom, and, and Forrest only just, uh, Forest only two points in front of us. So. You know, Forrest two um, ahead and
5: everyone's waxing lyrical about Steve Cooper. You know, Preston on the resurgence with Ryan Lowe. Stoke have disappointed this season. Bristol City have been poor. Swansea have been poor. Birmingham have yeah. been poor. Cardiff have been poor. Reading have been shit. Reading are poor. Yeah. You know, Reading are very, very shit. Yeah. Um, it's it's a very strange league. Anything could happen. People sat there sitting talking about the playoffs. I, I'm i not going to write the playoffs off for them at all. You don't know what comes around the corner. You don't know what's going to happen. You've now built in a half-decent sequence. Yesterday could have been... Difficult. We know how well they've played, all right. Although I think the, the derby candles starting to flicker a bit, just a tap. <laughs> um, who knows? This is a free hit for Gay out and Co, isn't it?
4: Well, it is the pressure is, in my opinion, that the pressure is off. I mean, as you look at the table, you're, you're you're spot on there. And I mean, there are there are some big names and um, some expensive sides around us mm. sitting in twelfth. Um, it's still gonna be a big ask. I don't think anyone should be um under any illusion, but but aren't we the classic underdogs, you know? Um, whenever we're expected to win, we we flop and it's when Baxter to the wall that Millwall comes into its own. So some big, big games. I mean, starting with Sheffield United on on Saturday, sixth place Sheffield United on the 53 points, who will come to the den hungry for the points themselves. But if that's not a big game scenario, which um is why we go. That's why we follow the club. It's it's for these big moments and a win on Saturday and and um, you, know, the, you know the the all, all hell breaks loose, doesn't it? Because suddenly I think that it can, anything can become possible. Um,
5: I, I I really think Nick, looking at that Sheffield United game, they're there for the taking. They're not amazing. There's a lot of a lot of teams out there that flatter to deceive. That they go on these little three, four, five game runs. And people could argue that Millwall on that right now. They go on these little runs and people think, oh, shit. They look at them, oh, shit. Yeah, they're good, aren't they? Yeah, they're not bad. They're not bad. Mate, this is the championship. Anything can happen. Paul Heckingbottom's coming after Jokanovic. He's had to stabilise things and try and look up. Yes, they're lurking around the playoffs. But that doesn't mean that they're not going to come to the den and get beaten, because I reckon they could get beaten.
4: It's going to be a good atmosphere on Saturday. I mean, one thing that really struck me, Michael, last night, I don't know if it struck you. I mean, the last few games, obviously, we, that's our third win on the spin, but the players look suddenly hungry. I mean, you can talk about the the eternal question of depth, lack of depth of squad, when we're bringing Zach Lovelace in late, and, you know, he, he, he looked a boy playing in a, a men's game last night for me in those few minutes that he had. But... That first choice eleven looks looks hungry for it, and that's that's invaluable because if we're going to get a, a madcap run, then you're going to need a hungry squad, and I think we we do have that. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the last last quarter of the season.
1: Yeah, no, they, they, they certainly. Again, I'm, I'm I'm not going to go too over the top and go. Oh, it's a completely different side, but but they were playing. They were they were playing with a bit more attitude and hunger, and and the thing is, there's. Again, I'm not. I'm not sure who who said it on a previous show, or it might have been on another pod before. But this this team really does seem together. Like like Aaron was saying, yeah, but um, are, yeah. are they all? like back? Gary Rowett and um and like they obviously believe in the project. And if the, if Gary Rowett is sitting these players down who are playing at the moment and go, you know, the way it's going at the moment and the way I envision it, you will be the ones who come with me to the Premier League if we get there. That togetherness is, is unbelievable, and, and he, he's done a very, very good job getting the players like that because the pressure he's been under, some of the boos around the den when we play, awful. Um, I mean, we, we said it apart from the Birmingham game, there's not been too many high points at the den this season, but to have them playing like that, that together, that confident, yeah, they're hungry. They're, there's... There's no doubt about that whatsoever, and and you could see they were going in for tackles yesterday. They was chasing down every ball. Again, Bart was looking looking good. They was they was having a go at each other when they made mistakes, but they was patting each other on the back when it was going well. So, like like I said at the start of the show, and, and to repeat myself again, it, it was as as close as a complete performance as you get, in my opinion.
4: Some high motivation. Or Mason Bennett looked like he was playing um, with extra extra effort last night, and I think Scott Malone also. Um, you know, this the same, um, which is great to see. Uh, and and, and long man that continue. I also want to pay tribute to the traveling, I think it was a five or six hundred that went up there. Yeah, well, just, guys. just been reading yeah. big, big EOG pop. I'd say they just got back. This was a, about two or three o'clock in the morning. Um, for, to Peckham from Derby. The M1 was closed, the M6 was closed, the A14 mm. was closed, the M11 was closed, and as he's puts it, he zigzag his way back to London. Um. So well done, Travis.
5: well well done, everyone. I mean, I I
1: think the and to coach... be fair as well, yeah. To cool. be fair as well, a lot a lot of them, a lot of them also went up to Blackburn last weekend. So oh yeah, so well done, everyone. It... Well done, um, double well done. I mean, I
5: I know I know they they chucked you know a load of pies on Coach One. I think it was Michael, but you know um from what I understand, speaking to uh Steve Kavanaugh on Monday night. He, the club are fuming. The club are fuming. With, with Saturday's debacle. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to go back and listen to it, it's on BBC Sounds. I think seven, if you go to London Sports sheds one hour, 45 in. Steve Kavanagh joins me and he was he was absolutely fucking livid. And the thing is, it looks really dodgy from a Blackburn perspective, doesn't it? Because firstly, Preston down the road, they've gone and cleared the pitch. The Millwall media team were clearing the pitch. Max and Billy and all them lot in their flipping suits. Yeah. out there with, with shovels. And, and, you know, Steve just turned around and said, we did all we could. Anyone who could pick up a shovel picked up a shovel to go and try and clear the pitch to get the game on. But it just stunk because of... I'm, I can't obviously sit here and say that Blackburn did it deliberately, but, you know, it just it looks ropey, doesn't it?
4: It looks very bad. It's a very hard thing to prove. I mean, you can you can pull together a lot of circumstantial things, like the switching on or off, or whatever the case may be, with the under under pitch heating, the lack of prep for clearance of snow when it's been predicted overnight, and oh, there's there's and the and the loss of your of their uh, leading goal scorer, the one the one man that might have caused serious damage to the middle defence. So there's loads of circumstance. It's quite a hard thing to prove. Um, but fair play mm. to the club for for arguing out there. I don't know what sanction, if any, um, the Football League can or will do. I, I, I'm going to bet well, on very, very little, but, you know. We'll I mean, see.
5: Nick, I, I said to Steve, you know, it's all well and good giving, you know, refunds to those who, who come on a coach and stuff. But what about all those lot who drove? What about all those lot who took yeah. the trains? What about, you know, all those other lot who, who, who spent other, you know, who spent money trying to get Big there? Big money, and yeah. Basically and basically, it's expensive, yeah. man. Train Absolutely. travel is expensive, really, really pricey. They've probably worked a bloody hard week. They've got up at a ridiculous o'clock in the morning to try and go and follow their football team, and at quarter past two, they've decided to pull the game. Absolute shambles. Absolute shambles, mate.
1: Achtung,
3: Milba. So, another win for Gary Rowitz, unbelievable Lions, Um, and I say unbelievable because three games ago, did anyone see this happening? I know he claimed that he thought we were going to be better than what we've been, and I was a doubter, as you all know, but playing that type of football, that character attacking football, is so incisive when we go forward. Um... Tyler Bury, Jed Wallace and Bennett up front. That's the best front three as a combination we've had in years. I love Bury. I think, uh, you know, he's, he's another Jed and he plays off the other side. So, you know, you've got to beg the question, why hasn't he been playing before? But we've stumbled onto this sort of, this formation, this way of playing late on in the season. And let's hope it's not too late. Let's hope, you know, We keep playing this way and we'll see where we end up. But at least it's a breath of fresh air to play this way. And I know that they scored late on by some kind of fluke. I don't know if it actually went in off coop, so he's tried to get out of the way of it at the last minute. But it's gone in to make it the traditional nervy Millwall finish. But they never really threatened. I thought we could have had four or five chances in the first half. Or if we'd been a little bit more clinical, we could have taken and Bury missed one before he later scored. But all in all, a great night's work. <laughs> you know, it's another win. It's in our own hands. We've got Shepherd United this weekend. And then we've got Reading again, a team down the bottom that we should go and beat. And then we've got Middlesbrough, who are sixth. So it's in our own hands. It's our own destiny. They're still long enough in the season that if you beat the teams in and around you you'll go in front of them. We've got two games now and on others' field. It's important. We've got to, you know, if you, if we are serious, if you, uh, you know, and it looks like the players believe, which is always, always a thing. And maybe a few of us will start to believe, including myself now too. So, um, yeah, really, really positive night for the Lions. Really, really positive result. Roll on Saturday. Come on, you Lions. Achtung, Mehlball. Mehlball.
4: I was I was amazed to see um and it actually seemed to work quite well but Reading who have, have um axed their their um their manager in favour of the dad of one of the players Paul Lince the uh, the ex-West Ham um you know Manchester United uh stalwart but they, they brought him in someone compared it with what you do with yes your, your under seven side when someone drops out the dad of another one comes in yeah, and takes over from him. This was a, a
5: crazy story. Um I was a. Uh, Brighton Burnley on Saturday, yeah. and well, in fact, let me go back to last week, last, sort of two Mondays ago, where Reading fans banging down the uh uh, uh, uh my, my Twitter because I said that um <laughs> I, I was uh, well I said that Velko Panovic the manager wasn't being sacked when everyone thought he was right um so. I've I've managed to, you know, bat them away, which has been fun. Um, some interesting cases out there, let's just say that. Um, and we get to Saturday. <clears throat> of, course, of course they play Peterborough midweek, they 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 draw there, I believe. Yeah. Um then they get to Saturday and they they win. So I'm doing my interviews post match and um my phone's on Do Not Disturb. And suddenly I take it off. Do not disturb it. It's like, bam, 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 and I, what the hell is this? Yeah. And uh, I've been sent a statement from someone at him. And if you look at the way they crafted this, it's really, really clever because they knew that they'd get all the positive feed, like sort of the positive, like tweets and vibes of the fact that Panovich had been sacked. So what they've done is, is they've written this long statement and just at the bottom, it's like, Former England captain Paul Lins will take over. Literally, I promise you, I nearly like... <laughs> my, my my jaw was on the floor when I saw that. <laughs> this is a man who, who was last in charge of Blackpool eight years ago. Yeah. Um, has been desperate to get back in the game. Tattered himself um, as, as... Well, the fact he could do better than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at Manchester United. Baffling. Baffling is the word. Um... Wedding offered no comment. I went to their game against Birmingham on Tuesday. The funny thing is, is is Birmingham played really, really well. Lyle Taylor was fantastic up front. Um, And, and, you know, but for a couple of mistakes, they they would have won that. They lost it in the end. The atmosphere was okay. Very interesting. But Mm. wedding fans afterwards were like, this is great. It's a revolution. Blah, 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 blah. You know, he's going to be great X, Y, Z, Block, And I'm like, what the hell? There's a few things that stink here. Firstly, no one knows if he's staying until the end of the season. No one knows if this is an interim appointment until they find a new manager. They're hiring yeah. coaches left, right and centre. Does this mean that he's staying? It's looking likely that he's going to keep them up. The only thing I think that they could send them down is the fact that Grant McCann's at Peterborough now and he could do a job on them. He knows how to get results. Right, But that is a really strange club. Now, if you want to hear more on Reading FC, I've managed to pull the exclusive out of exclusives, which we're recording in about an hour's time. I've managed to track down Sir John Merewski, and I'm going to find out what he thinks about these owners pillaging his club that he, he he built up in the 90s and early 2000s. I'm going to get his opinion on the appointment of Paul Lintz. But yeah, Paul Lintz in a Reading... Is one of the strangest things. I mean, strange managerial appointments, and it—it's got to be up there with Tony Adams
4: at Granada, isn't it, <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or Mark Hughes popping out of nowhere to take over at Bradford City. I'm just uh, reading. Can continuing yeah. the Manchester United legend um, theme here. Um, He's not really Australian like industry? anymore, is he not? No, uh,
5: well, <laughs> because of his affiliation with City, but oh, I see. Oh, sorry, well, sorry. It's, I see. it's 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 oh. if you look at it in the space of 24 hours. Three clubs have reappointed old managers. Um, You've got Paul Simpson in at Carlisle United. You've got uh, Derek Adams in at Morecambe. And you've got Grant McCann in at Peterborough. Um, So so three clubs have gone back to their old managers. Me old man always used to say, never go back to an ex. No one seems to be listening. So you know what? More for them.
4: <laughs> Let that good be good advice to all you listeners out there. All you youngsters out there. That's Don't, it. That's that it.
5: Up. But Mark Hughes at got... uh, Bradford is is baffling to say the
4: least. Yeah, we are baffling. And, and really. Yeah, baffling. yeah. other one that had to laugh. I mean, just to close us was um, I, I watched um, a clip of. Uh, of uh, Conde Antonio Conte at Tottenham almost inviting his ball to consider his position. I don't know if you saw that one, yeah. Michael. Yeah, yeah. Generally yeah, yeah. um, speaking, it's imposed on you. Don't ask for it unless you're going to yeah, resign. that
1: that, that severance pay must be huge, <laughs> mustn't it? But do you know what the thing is, One one thing with with Conte is that I, I know he's always had a few bob, and I think. I think, Aaron, we spoke about it, didn't we, with Inter Milan? I think it wasn't one of the reasons he left Inter Milan, because they basically said at the end of last season, even though you've won the title, we're going to have to sell it to everyone, because we can't afford yeah, it. Yeah, basically. Um, and I think, with, at least with Conte, he has said from the beginning, since he's walked through the doors at Spurs, basically, in, in 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 sort of to paraphrase my bad Italian, but core bliming, this is a bad job or this that is, is, job. <laughs> that is
4: That is terrible yeah. Italian. it's a pristi. a watered down version. Yeah, Holy it, shit, yeah. what have I done?
1: Like, yeah, basically, I mean, basically, yeah. And and that, and this and this goes back to the point. At, at least you've got to admire his honesty in the sense where he, he's been saying it for months now. I think he's had a transfer window, hasn't he? Like, obviously, you've you've still got centre forward in Harry Kane who, who Oh, he basically performs when he wants to, um, rather than you know, like consistently. And and I think he's being honest. But but this goes back to just just talking on with with, with Conte. This this goes back to it with Spurs. Every single manager basically comes in and goes, "This is hard," you know. So it, it shouldn't be a surprise to Spurs fans who are obsessed with making the top four and winning the league. You know, if you've got it managers the caliber of Mourinho and Conte not able to do anything there, there is something seriously wrong.
5: It's going to be so fascinating to see what happens with them because. You know, it it's all again down to like the common denominator here is Daniel Levy and the fact that his yeah. transfer dealings are shit. You know, I mean we sit here and we look at Bod Varson and, and you know, Skalak and stuff. Jesus, this is that on like a, a scale times a hundred. You look at some of the duds they've brought in. I mean, you look at the fullback, they brought in Emerson Morale in the summer. Um, you know, friend of the show Amir is a Spurs fan. And yeah. even he's like, mate, he needs to go already. Matt Doherty, they, they, they desperately try to get it from Wolves. They brought him in. They want to get rid of him as well. They're, the recruitment is poor. And again, fundamentally, as they've done over the last four or five years, they've relo- they're have they relying on Harry Kane and Son again every single week. And and it's just getting a bit boring now. Nick, I just wanted to pull up a point, though. Kenny yeah. Jacket biffed off on, on Tuesday night.
2: Yeah, or really the sure other.
4: Yeah, and he's okay. Poor form doing for Kenny, um, as it as it as it does for many a manager. Two points um, out of thirty, mate. Yeah, Two can't argue with the 30. results. It's a results business, as we nearly said with our own Gary Rowick not so long ago. But also, it shows how it, things can turn with um, you know in football. Um, but there we are. Big thank you.
1: Thing t- is though. I was gonna say just before we go, sorry, the thing is with that yeah. Kenny Jackett thing, there's a guy who I worked with massive Leighton Orient fan, he was coming in punching the air. And I just said to him, I was a bit like obviously I'm I'm not closely following Leighton Orient, but I'm like Kenny Jackett's a long term manager, you know, he comes in, yeah. clears out the deadwood and gets you back up and running again. I you know, went, you've not given him time to clear out all the deadwood. You you you've seen him come in and think you're now gonna make the top six and win the league by a canter. It's not gonna happen at Leighton Orient. You know, like I know they—they're a little bit of a yo-yo up and down team, but when it when it goes bad for Orient, it's horrid. And someone like Jacket—I'm not saying it because he's Millwall or ex-Millwall—and I'm a fan of him in particular, in particular. But if if you you shouldn't sack someone like Kenny Jacket if 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 you're someone like Leighton Orient, he needs to come in, realise what he needs to do, get rid of them, and then rebuild again. That's what he did with us, and that's what that's how he got us from third from bottom in League One to a steady Championship team.
4: Absolutely. Absolutely, a lot depends on the, um, the 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 soundness of the owner. I think, and uh, I think that's one thing we are very very lucky at Millwall. Um, we've said it before; we'll say it again, just to close the show. We're very lucky to have an owner like John Berylson who doesn't panic under under fire. To coin it's a current bit, metaphor. Lovely. Big thank you to um, Aaron and to Michael for joining us on the show. Uh, we're going to close out now with some voicemails left on our on our voicemail. Oh two oh eight one four four. 0232. Do leave me your messages, listeners. I'd love to hear from you, but we're going to close out now with some of the uh, reaction from last night's fantastic win up at Derby. Until the next show at the weekend, post-Sheffield United, it's a big thank you from Aaron, Michael, and myself, Arrivederci, Millwall.
2: Bye for now. Hello, Nick. John here on the coach back from a tremendous win. Derby County 1, Millwall 2, Absolutely fantastic performance, Um, we went up there pretty defensively, that was our game plan and we hit them on the break and the first half we were actually tremendous, Uh, Derby had nothing to offer, we let them have the ball, we took the ball off them and Jed Wallace scored um, in the first minute or so and then it was pressure on the break from Millwall constantly with Tyler Bury scoring a beautiful goal uh, from a a wonderful piece of play. Second half, um, more of the same earlier, although Derby really pulled on the pressure. But we looked pretty uh, solid at the back. They were never really going to score. They were putting balls into our box and we defending it well. And in the end, um, it was just a, a mistake on a very boggy pitch by Jake Cooper he sliced it into our net so a little bit nervous at the end as usual we've got nothing from the referee um, but what a fantastic three points to win very happy on the coach back now for a four hour drive we're all buzzing so come on you Lions thank you for listening to Ask if you enjoyed the show please head over to Apple Podcast and leave us a cheap review have A remember it's till next time who you want to watch Normally being a little extra can be a bit much but when it comes to healthcare it pays to be extra